Are you an accredited investor looking for a new opportunity to generate passive income and build the retirement of your dreams? Then elevate your investment game with Viking Capital, where wealth meets wisdom. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, Viking Capital can help guide you towards financial freedom through passive real estate investing. With strong and transparent underwriting, Viking identifies low-risk opportunities with the goal of preserving investor capital and maximizing long-term growth potential. And their accessible and responsive investor relations team will help you understand how each investment will impact your unique financial goals. With $800 million in assets acquired, more than $230 million in equity raised, and more than 5,000 units under management, Viking Capital is your path to early retirement. To learn about Viking Capital's latest investment opportunity, which is available for you right now, visit go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best. That's go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best to get started today. Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, Promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Once you're under contract, lots of things can happen and it's hard to unwind. So do your due diligence, especially when people are stressed. I think there's more fraud that happens. So do your due diligence and make sure that everybody's legit in the game. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Ash Patel and I'm with today's guest, Danette Wood. Danette is joining us from Albuquerque, New Mexico. She works with Sotheby's International Realty and has been in this business for over 23 years. Danette focuses on luxury homes and also does commercial real estate as well. Danette is also an equestrian. Danette, thank you for joining us. And how are you today? I'm great. Thank you for inviting me to be on your show. I love it. It's such great information. Every time it's a nugget of wealth. Thank you so much. It's our pleasure to have you. Danette, before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Oh, thanks. I've been in the business 23 years. I started as a loan officer, which gave me a great background in finance. I did FHA, VA, and I also did commercial loans. I migrated to commercial real estate full-time until 2008. 
when this thing happened, I switched it up and then I work vertically with my clients now. So whether it's a triple net kind of sexy retail thing, or they're going to be downsizing their home, I really love working vertically with my clients. Right now, I'm focused a lot on people's changing of lifestyles, which I think is still part of the COVID-19, take a look at your life. And here we are. It's exciting. That's incredible. What does it mean when you work with them vertically? Well, my business has always been set up as a customer service business. So when the recession hit, I had clients looking to me for advice. I am a real estate advisor. Historically, I think the residential and commercial worlds are very separate, but I wouldn't consider myself a generalist. I consider myself a vertical expert. So if I have a client that wants to buy a shopping center, I might partner with somebody who sold a lot of shopping centers before, but I'm still that client's real estate advisor. So working vertically to help them look at their overall portfolio. I'm a big advocate of diversified portfolios. You're going to have stocks and bonds. But right now I'm looking at our investors are looking for flight to quality. And that means a lifestyle quality from a residential perspective. And it also means a flight to quality from an investment perspective of where am I going to be putting my money? And I want to help them be the quarterback of their team. And I'm going to be getting the rest of the team together for our owner. And that team has a lot of people in it, your accountant, your CPA, and I'm just part of that team as a real estate advisor. Danette, 23 years in the business, do you do a lot of your own investments as well? I do, but I'm probably more of a passive investor. I spend a lot of my time doing other things. I do have investments. We could talk about that for sure, but I'm not that active investor who's always making a lot of deals. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Yeah, but here's where my mind goes you're trying to find investment properties for your clients and you've got to see some great deals. Have you ever been tempted to take the deal on yourself and bring on additional investors? I have, and I've done it once really successfully. And I think I was really lucky and really successful because it was multifamily dirt. And then six months after that, the market crashed. So I haven't put that team together. Putting together a group of investors to me is like putting a band together. I used to be a musician. And when everybody works well together, it's kind of like a marriage. Everybody's got to have a role. Everybody's got to have the same vision. So you got the band together and then maybe somebody in the band breaks off and they want to do something different. It's hard in the band. It's hard to break up. So I'm a little shy about bringing on other people, but I have been successful in the past. Yeah, I get it. And that's a great analogy. You mentioned lifestyle changes. What Mm -hmm. have you seen in the last two years in terms of lifestyle changes, both from an investment perspective, as well as people's homes relocating? What are people doing really post-COVID? Well, you have the sector of people that just have to move because they have a job change. That's unknown. But what COVID really did was it opened the door from an employment perspective that you could live anywhere you want to live and work if you had good internet. So that was a lifestyle change. New Mexico 
It has beautiful weather. We're the headquarters of Netflix. We've got some super sexy, cool stuff going on. And people from each coast are saying, maybe I don't like living out in this traffic. I want to do something different. I saw that change where they just really wanted a disruptive physical environment change, wide open space, the New Mexico skies. There's the other lifestyle change that I'm seeing a lot in my personal business, and that's downsizing. We have the older family members, the kids are all gone, they've got grandkids, and they're moving. They're moving because it doesn't fit their lifestyle anymore. And I see that more often than I did probably 10 years ago, that people are moving for lifestyle change. This house is too much work. It's just the two of us, the kids are gone. They live out of state. They never come home anymore. Or it's also very expensive. When you have that big girl job and you're making a bunch of cash, you didn't care about the really high property taxes, right? But when you're on a fixed income, all of that changes and they need a lifestyle change. It's very hard. I really am a therapist in my job. I just don't (laughs) have the acronyms. Oh man, I believe it. I believe it. How do you change your whole lifestyle? Yeah, I would imagine you do a lot of handholding and therapy work. People move for pain or pleasure. Danette, I'm a Gen Xer and I think a lot of us wanted the biggest, baddest house we can get. And then years later, we realized it was a dumb decision because you don't use half of your house. Who's buying these giant luxury homes right now? Well, Albuquerque is really the work hub, the center of New Mexico. So in our area, it's really professionals. It's the entrepreneurs, it's the medical professionals, lawyers, et cetera. In the Santa Fe market, we really are attracting the young billionaire class. And there's a lot of millennials, right? Even younger than you, Gen Xer, that want to have something really special. And it's like somewhere to take your friends and it's just a special place to go. That's the other part of it. I get that. But from my experience, most people that have these giant homes kind of regret overbuying. Is that your experience as well? Yeah, I think the fun wears off. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) When the party's over, the fun wears off. Yeah, all you need is enough bedrooms and a large entertaining space. That's it. Yeah. So- You advise your clients on a lot of real estate investments. Can we dive into some of the commercial investments that you've done? Yes. So what's the typical evolution if one of your clients comes to you and says, look, I want to put some money into commercial real estate. What can you do to help me? Well, we have to figure out first, I feel like what is the timeframe for this investment? Is it short-term? Is it long-term? And how much money do we have to put into it? That's where I start. How much money do we have? How long do you want to hold it? If it's a small amount of money, that's kind of a vague term. But if it's 300000 and they just want it to sit somewhere and they don't want to manage it, that might be a perfect land opportunity. Some commercial piece of property that's maybe a little bit of an infill on a good block, that might be kind of nice. The property taxes are low. They can drive by it pull a weed here or there. If they want to be a little more active, I have a lot of people calling right now that are are, um, industrial, commercial, large investment companies that are picking up single family residences. So I look at that trend and say, 
where are we going with that? So housing, a single family home is great. I think a really great investment is a small multi, like a duplex or a fourplex, if you want a little bit of a hands-on, but it comes down to the money and the time, how much they want to be associated with that. Because when you're a hands-on manager, you're going into business with that tenant. You're going to have to meet with them, et cetera. So really getting an idea of how much hands-on work they want to do. They just want a coupon. Just we're going we're gonna to go buy a Chick-fil-A. And then you also invest passively in other people's deals, right? I do not. You don't? Okay. Do you have any passive real estate investments? Well, I consider passive to be, I get back to getting around dirt because dirt just sits there. It's going to appreciate and I'm going to be able to sell it and I don't have to manage it. That's what I mean by passive. As opposed to, I've got single family homes, I'm doing Airbnb, I've got to be over there every day or every few days or have somebody else do it. In terms of people working remotely, do you think that's going to last forever or do you think, and my opinion is the next economic downturn, employers will have the upper hand again, and they will demand people are back in the office. What are your thoughts? I love this question because I think there is truly a decrease in productivity when people are working remotely at home. I think that yeah. that's been proven statistically. So if I am the consumer, and I'm going to be hiring an ad agency, for instance, and I've got a $50,000 budget, I want to hire an ad, I want to know that they're at work getting my ads done because they're on the time clock. And it's 20% of a delta between the two, statistically, of productivity. I think there's no doubt when I was working in a bullpen office situation, there's a lot to be said about that. Hey, I got this guy that's looking for a deal. Deals are made in the office. They say deals are made in the golf course. It just means people are getting together to be more productive. I think people got tired and the disruptive element of COVID allowed us to come home, be with our loved ones, with the kids. But now I think people have been with the kids and they're like, I want to get back to work. Also, don't you feel like when you're around people and you're productive, you feel better? A hundred percent. You're energized. You're motivated. If everyone else around you is grinding, it motivates you to do the same. I have not heard that 20% statistic, but what I get quoted a lot from the work from home crowd is they think they're more productive I got to tell you, if it's a nice day outside and I rarely go out to lunch, but if I do and we sit outside somewhere all around me, there's people drinking, having liquid lunches for two, three hours, not moving. And these are the work from home people that you never would have seen pre-COVID. And now everybody's just enjoying themselves, taking long walks, going to the park with the kids. And then in the summer, when kids are home, how are you productive? To me, I don't understand that. And I think the statistic that people are quoting is when COVID first started and the work from home was initiated, productivity may have gone up because everybody was gung-ho. They were excited that they don't have to go into the office. Maybe they worked the same hours, including their commute time, but that's gone by the wayside. I don't see that happening anymore. And I love what you said. If you're paying somebody, you want to pay them to go into an office. You want them working, not sitting at their kitchen table, kind of working. So great example. What's that going to do to real estate? In terms of getting back in the office? 
In terms of getting back into the office and this huge shift of people moving to warmer climates, mm-hmm. thinking that their work from home job was going to last forever. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who have been called back to work and they tell their employers, I'm three states away. I can't commute back to the office. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we never gave you permission to move. Mm-hmm. We never said I couldn't. So do you think that people will have to relocate to where the jobs are? Or maybe they create a new job for themselves to match the lifestyle they want to live. In an ideal world, yes. But if we're heading towards a rough patch in the economy, mm-hmm. that could be a challenge. Then I see you're going to be flight back to work. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Everyone is looking for a recession-resilient investment. How can you try to prevent from losing money by picking the wrong fund and sponsor? Right now, you can get Reliant Real Estate Management's free guide, 10 Things to Consider in a Real Estate Investment Fund, by visiting besteverreliant.com. Answer questions like, is the organization's focus on you? And does the fund keep employees? Reliant Real Estate Management is ranked one of the top 20 largest self-storage operators in the country with one billion dollars in self-storage assets. After completing three funds and selling 38 properties with zero dollars of investor principal loss, they have an average project level IRR of 33% in just over 3.5 years. Visit besteverreliant.com right now to receive the 10 things to consider in a real estate investment fund and get access to their latest investment opportunities. That's besteverreliant.com, B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R, R-E-L-I-A-N-T dot com. I think office is going to be strong. I think it's a great buying opportunity right now to pick up office space for pennies on the dollar. Mm -hmm. Would you advise any of your clients to get into that space? Absolutely. And when you're talking about getting into the buying low and selling high, that's the basics of an investment, right? So what's suffering right now? I'll tell you what's not suffering right now is, is industrial warehouse. It's just that you can't get enough of it but it always lags behind. We're reacting to what was happening in the market. How do we look ahead? Let's react and buy some office right now. I'm not sure what's going to happen in terms of how office is going to look. I'm fascinated to see how office is going to look, how it's going to be a little bit different. I went back to the bullpen issue. Do we still need that space? A hybrid example that I see, and part of it is we don't have enough housing for some of our laboratories here. They have to go in three days a week instead of five. Maybe you go in three days. Maybe it's a hybrid for a while where you do get in and you get that office area. So are we going to have some hotel spaces where there's some shared areas? I don't know. Are we going to still have some sanitary kind of questions about the office? I'm not sure, but buying office right now, we don't have a lot of class A space here in Albuquerque. We have mostly B. I do see what's going on here is I see a lot of refacing of those tired B minus buildings going on and they're going to be popping back up as remodeled. And I think that's important. If you're going to be buying the office space for pennies on the dollar, right, whatever that is, then I think you have to put the money back into the infrastructure of the building to make it appealing for people to come back to the office. If you look at an example like McDonald's, I don't know how many years you can have a McDonald's of a franchise and you have to remodel it completely. It's like every every 10 years. Why? It's because people want to feel good 
in their environment, no matter what the environment is across the board. That's a great point. So you want to go into a fresh office, not something that's dated from the 80s. And yeah, you want to feel good about your surroundings. What experience do you have with industrial? My dad was a highway contractor. So I grew up around warehouses and scrap metal and parts all over the yard and talking about EPA all the time. So when I first got into commercial, I did industrial and land. It was easy for me. What I love about industrial is that it's got a lot of flexibility. Industrial can be chopped up. It can be flex space, et cetera. We don't have enough of it. I've been going back and forth to Texas and in here in New Mexico, we have the film industry expanding. We don't have any new industrial warehouse. We don't have the clear height that we need. We don't have the power that we need. It's a whole different product that we need right now for our market than it was 20 years ago. And it hasn't changed. So innovation. Go ahead. Can we dive into some factors to look at? You mentioned adequate power. What's the ideal clear height for an industrial building? Well, for us here, I think it needs to at least be 25 feet. And I haven't done industrial for a while, so I don't know what the the new users are really needing. We have Amazon has come out here for a distribution center. I've seen pictures of it. I haven't been in there, but I mean, that is a very modern industrial building because they did it for themselves. I don't think that you're going to have investors go out and build those and build them and they will come because there's a lot of tax incentives that go with that. But if you have these tractor trailers coming in and they need some spots, I could see if you had a multi-tenant warehousing industrial park to offload and distribute. I think that's where we could see some logistic changes in the old model to be able to put the distribution in different parts. Yeah. And especially last mile delivery. Mm -hmm. What's too small for a warehouse or an industrial building? Mm, Can't get too small. You even have the makers, the craftsmen, the makers want little warehouse space. I have tenants that come in and, or not tenants, clients that come in and they just want to work on their cars. So you can't have it too small. It's hard to find with all the power and everything, but you can demise these things down and have people need warehouse space. You don't have to have a hundred thousand under roof for one tenant, but we don't have either enough of. That's a great point. Even carpenters, HVAC companies, plumbing companies, tradespeople need that type of space. Great example. Danette, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Know your numbers. Definitely. It's an investment. I always tell my clients this, even if it's your dream home, it's still an investment. So treat it as such, you know, your numbers, if you have a budget, you have to do the work to create the budget to know where you're going, right? It's the map of where you're going. And that is how you're going to know if you made money or not at the end of the day. So know your numbers, stick to your numbers. Yeah. Great advice, Danette. You and I are fortunate that we've lived through a couple of market cycles. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that anyone under the age of 33 has not seen anything but a booming economy. What's your advice to them? Six months savings is not enough. (laughs) Six months savings is not enough. And I'm a big advocate now of cash is king and how you leverage Today, you really have to be careful. 
I talked about house hacking, how you can make some of your properties income generating in a bad time. If you rent out a room or you rent the garage above the house or whatever, but cash is king. And I think it's okay to have a lot of cash. I think there's a lot of investors that'll poo-poo me, but it's hard to sell real estate when the market is going down. And that's what I learned. We always thought, well, it'll take 30, 60 days. But when that market is going down, you're still chasing it. And we kept chasing it and chasing it. New Mexico, we had a double dip. We chased it forever. We couldn't give it away. You really have to be creative. So being more careful moving forward, I think it takes more cash to carry you through those bad times. And living below your means is really the lesson there. Yeah, great perspective. Thank you for that. Out of all the years that you've been in this business, what's one of the toughest lessons you've learned? Oh, (laughs) fraud. We do not talk about fraud enough in real estate classes or master classes. I think the, the biggest lesson I learned was that you really have to do your due diligence with people before you get in the contract because it's tough to unwind. And as we get more sophisticated in our technology and wire fraud and all of that, we have to do our due diligence to help our customers see through that. And it's a topic I don't think that we talk about much. Is there an example that hits home? Yeah, I have PTSD from it still. I mean, and without naming names or anything, but I've had several times and a lot of it comes from online. It starts, but the fraud was earnest money didn't get there. There was excuses. It starts at beginning, right? The proof of funds letter wasn't legit. Nobody answered the phone calls. And when that starts, you have to listen to your intuition and say, this is a red flag. We got to stop here and not let it go on. Because once you're into contract, lots of things can happen. And it's hard to unwind. So do your due diligence, especially when people are stressed. I think there's more fraud that happens. So do your due diligence and make sure that everybody's legit in the game. That is a great example. And especially when emotions are involved, if a seller is getting an astronomical price for their property, they want to see through some of those red flags Mm -hmm. and just look at the end goal. And I've seen that happen as well. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Danette, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Okay. All right. What is the best ever book you recently read? Oh, all right. You're going to, I'm such a silly, but where the crowd I'm seeing right now, it's going to be made into a movie. It is so descriptive and beautiful, et cetera. And I know that's not investment related, but <laughs> from an investment real estate perspective, I am loving Jen Cisneros badass series. Okay. That's not even real estate related, but she's got such a great, you know, you can read how to be a millionaire and the go giver. I read all of those books, but Jen Cisneros is a comedian who's writing about wealth is a good thing and you can be a badass. And I'm loving getting up and listening to her on my devices. It's just great. All right. I'm going to lean into that. Thank you for that. Danette, what's the best ever way you like to give back? I am a philanthropist by my heart. And I'm on the New Mexico Museum of Natural History Foundation board. And philanthropy is super important to me for giving back to others 
for the betterment of humankind. So that's what I do in my spare time. And we're creating an initiative through that. And it's called What is Philanthropy? And Danette, how can our best ever listeners reach out to you? Find me on the web, DanetteWood.com, D-N-E-T-T-E-W-O-O-D, DanetteWood.com. Awesome, Danette. Thank you so much for your time today, sharing over 20 years of real estate experience with our listeners, going from being a loan officer, getting into commercial real estate, seeing some downturns in the economy, focusing on luxury homes, and most importantly, focusing on your clients' needs. And thank you for a great conversation today. Thanks so much for having me here. Best ever listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share this episode with someone you think can benefit from it. Also follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day.